Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host. What's up, guys? My name is Ben Bateman. I'm here to talk modern. And today we are doing our breakdown of the top 10 cards in Dragons of Tarkir. Dragons of Tarkir. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, we're uh, about to run into the pre-release weekend for Dragons of Tarkir, the new set of Magic the Gathering. It is the alternate universe future version of what Cons of Tarkir was last fall. Um, there's some cool cards, some for modern, most for standard. As always, you know, we're not looking at what cards are most playable in draft or in standard or in EDH. We're looking at what cards see the most high chance of seeing play in modern. And if anybody's curious, unless I'm mistaken, I believe Sarkin went back in time and, uh, somehow like made it so the dragons weren't dead. So then he comes back and they're alive, right? Yeah, that, that is the story. Roughly? Roughly, (laughs) roughly the story. It's back to the future. There's a sweet trailer animation where Sarkin's Marty McFly, Mm. um... Ugin is Doc Brown. They go back. They come back. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. That's All right, pretty sweet. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get down to it. So something I do want to say uh, in the past, what we've done for these reviews is we've gone through like all the cards and just talked to them. I think that's relatively less exciting than when we do our top ten color episodes. So we're now doing them like the top ten color episodes. So. I guess honorable mentions. Go. You can do your... So the first one I'm going to mention is the cycle of Megamorph creatures that are played for three and unmorph for either two or three. So there's an Eternal Witness variant. There's a uh, whatever's Faithful Hero or whatever the guy that destroys creatures with power four or greater. There's the guy that destroys with three or less. The one that really jumps out to me is the uh, the Hidden Dragon Slayer, which is a 2-1 that you play Megamorph for three mana. He unmorphs for two. Two or three. He unmorphs a three for a white and two colorless. He has lifelink. And when he unmorphs, he kills a creature with power four or greater. This it's, is the white one, correct? Yes. It's relevant because it kills Siege Rhino and it leaves you with a three two body. Right. Um, a three two lifelinking body. I don't think it's pretty, like, I don't really think it's good enough to see play, but it is possible that in like those mirrors, maybe, maybe you would sideboard right. a couple of these guys in because it leaves you, it's kind of like what the deck wants. It wants to kill something and be left with a good body. Right. Um, well, and in certain matchups like that matchup, it's great to just you want to get creatures on the board, and you want to kill something. I can see it seeing sideboard play randomly at one point in the future, especially if Siege Rhino becomes more of a ubiquitous. And it kills Goyf, and it kills uh, Sil- Wiltleaf Liege, and it kills what's it called uh, the uh, Loxodon Smiter. Like it's it's good against that deck. It, it kills a lot of things. It's also not the worst card to have if you if you need to be able to kill primeval titans at instant speed during their turn or something, right? Uh, because his unmorph ability is instant speed. So I don't think he's that good, but it's he's an interesting one to talk about that whole cycle. I guess for honorable mentions, uh, similar is the enemy hate cards. All of the each color got a card that hates on their two enemy colors, and for you guys, like red hates blue and white, and blue hates green and black. No, green and red <laughs> yeah they're all like they're all like can't untap or right. counter or destroy or something right i think the important ones are the green and the red one okay. the red one i think has one problem it doesn't fight siege rhino but otherwise it definitely kills pretty much everything in the format it's, that's yeah, important that made my actual list and right because of, of them it's the one that i think is to get a c play 100 percent. right and yeah obviously not killing rhino is is a big reason that it would drop but it's, you know, it, can, it's pretty... it can kill a Tarmogoyf, unlike Lightning Bolt, because if there's no instant in the graveyard, it doesn't grow. It, even if it grows it, it should be only a four, uh, a three four yep. at that point. Um, a couple of my others were uh, Sarkon, the 
Planeswalker. I think he's awesome. Um, I don't think he's good enough to see play in Modern because he costs five, and if you cost five in Modern, you're dead. But uh, I do think that I like his two abilities a lot. Often, Planeswalkers, I think people think about the what could you have in your hand that goes with it or what's your follow-up play type of idea. What I like so much about this card is that he just makes you a dragon or he draws you a card. And both of those things are really good. And he can, yeah. do, he can make two dragons in back-to-back turns. Like, but we always think, well, what if they have it? But it's, you also got to think sometimes, what if they don't? What's the intrinsic power level of this card? Planeswalkers are hard to answer. He makes you a 4-4 four, four to protect himself or he draws you a card right off the bat. Once you've drawn two or you've gotten two dragons, the value is way over the top. So to me... I mean, I, I definitely think he's interesting to look at. I don't think he passes the Splinter Twin Infect test. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Tapping out on turn four and five, I lose. Yep. If they're in any way prepared to win then. So it, it's definitely a card. Play, like, getting that value is not that far off from what um, Batter Skull is doing. So that is really interesting. It just it doesn't do as much against aggressive decks as well because you're not getting that life gain. I would agree. So that's that's why he's just a honorable mention. I'll, I'll quickly reference my last two just so we can get into our, our review. Uh, Shore Crasher or something, the, the triple blue. Elemental. Shore Crasher Elemental. He's like the mini <laughs> mini Etherling, essentially. Yeah. Um, I like him for a couple reasons. One, it's very difficult to find cards that are advantageous and also build your devotion to a color. So as things continue to be printed, uh, things like Master of Waves that take, which we know Master of Waves is good in modern, things that uh, are, are made better by that, Usually when you deal with these Etherling type of things that like six drops and five drops, it being a three drop is pretty aggressive. Right. And in sort of like an aggressive blue strategy, this guy fits really, really well. So, so you're thinking throw him in right into like Merfolk. Maybe. As I'm, like a three drop, curve into Master of Waves and go big. Maybe. I, actually, to be honest with you, in my opinion, I think that they're, I think mono blue aggro is a strategy over the years that always gets sort of overlooked because blue gets such wonky aggressive creatures. Okay. So things like when they printed the 4-1 illusion guys recently for two right, mana. Right. you know stuff like that where or, or like phantasmal bear where you're just sort of like well if it gets targeted in modern it's going to die anyway so i don't really care like right. it doesn't, doesn't matter what right right, right right in fact they can't path it so i can recur it somehow if i have the right way to recur it right this guy just is on curve with a deck like that so i'm not sure what that deck would be or if it exists yet but i do think he's a very very unique design because nothing like him has existed so far okay um i have two more things uh the first one would be um a my last honorable mention, which are the blue commands. So Silvergar's command and Ojatai's commands, both kind of the the way I look at it is if you're playing these, why not play the just regular cryptic commands? Sure. There's no real reason that these are stronger than that card generally. Um maybe if you're a black deck barely splashing blue or a white deck barely splashing blue. Sure. But for the most part, you should be playing more blue or just play cryptic command. I don't I don't see these cards seeing play over that card. The reason, because I have that on my list, so we will get to Ojitai's command later. Okay. So why don't we skip past that? Okay. We can talk about when we get to uh, it. And then lastly, my dishonorable mention, which might be on your list, is Narset. Um, I don't think casting a four-drop Planeswalker in a format where she doesn't gain you that much value because the sorceries you're copying are Path and Lightning Bolt is really going to do a lot in the format. I, I can understand it. My initial reaction to this card was that Okay, just like I said with Sarkon, the idea here is you plus one it, and you go to seven, and maybe you draw a card, but you also might not. So that's that's annoying to begin with. You minus two it, and you're supposed to rebound something, but, like, it's the next spell you cast has rebound? Is that right? Yeah. Does it have to be that turn? Yes. It does? Yes. So you're not going to do it that turn. 
So you're gonna play if you slam the thing on turn four, not of the control. You're gonna card. dig, or you're gonna hold it up for turn five. Right. At which point you're yeah doubling a lightning bolt or a path or maybe some like a serum vision. Thought seize if you're doing Esper or double, yeah, yeah serum vision. So I get you there. The one thing that should be noted about this card is that a planeswalker with high loyalty is always hard to answer, and it can get to seven the turn it comes down. So you're gonna have to probably attack it twice. At which point. Anyway, look, I'm not defending. I, mean, the I had card. a long conversation about this. I'd rather be playing Elsbeth one Venser, who doesn't see any play in the format. I think you'd get more value and does more if you play the deck correctly. Even I'd rather play, I'd rather play Little Jace. I'd yeah. rather play um, Gideon. I'd rather play Gideon. I'd, I'd, I'm gonna leap and say I want to play Gideon over this. Yeah, I'm not. Like, a big, I'm not a big fan of Narset. I just mean I don't. I don't know that it's, <coughs> it's worth. It. I mean, it didn't make my top ten, so I don't. Right, right. I don't know that it's a dishonorable mention. I just think it's kind of. I think a lot of people are saying that this is possibly the next coming of Jace, and A, it's gold, so there's no way it's going to fit in too many decks like Jace does. It's not just every blue deck. Right. And B, there are at least four other Planeswalkers off the top of my head that I'd rather put in a deck than this. Fair enough. And I don't think it's going to do enough. Even like High Loyalty, Gideon does more, but you could probably just go around it Yeah. if you're like Splinter Twin, or in fact, you're just, well, I don't have to attack you, I'll just kill you this turn. So my last honorable mention is Sadisi Undead Vizier. Uh, it's five mana for a four six death touch, two black, three colorless. He's a legendary creature, zombie naga. He has exploit. His ability states when he comes into play, if you exploit a creature, you may search your <coughs> library for a card, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. What he states is that he's a four six death touch for five. That if you sack a creature, you get to demonic tutor. The reason I think this is relevant, uh, I don't think that the deck that this guy goes in is super super aggressive. It's black, so more than likely you've already controlled the game by t- picking apart their hand or making them discard cards. You're probably discarding a Lingering Souls token or something like that, and you're getting to Demonic Tutor. That's a very rare ability. They don't print a lot of Demonic Tutor abilities that are actually playable. This leaves behind a very big body that blocks just about everything and kills everything because it has Death Touch. Mm-hmm. It, it feels similar to the way that we are seeing a lot of play out of Tassiger. Not not that he's as good as Tassiger, but the same kind of slot. A heavier slot. She's that, a she. What? She's a DC? Yeah. She feels like a similar <laughs> slot to Tasker, where it's the top, it's sort of like the top of your curve later game value card that's getting you something really sweet. Uh, the fact that you can search for anything to me is just you can completely change the game. You play a four six. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've said for a while that card selection is something that this format is missing, and card selection attached to a decent body that maybe can get you some value is is very interesting. Yeah. It's a very interesting ability. I mean, it play. I can imagine it playing very similar to almost what Pod played like. Where I have Kitchen Figs on the table, I play this, I sack Kitchen Figs, I gain two life, and I go search for, like, the perfect answer to what the player against me is doing. You go search for Collected Company in the next turn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get to our tens. Okay, so my, as you guys know, the way we do this is I have my top ten list, Ben has his top ten list, we go through it, we generally get mad when someone puts the wrong thing too high or too low, and that's kind of how it works. Um, My top ten, I'm going to start, my number ten is Avatar of the Resolute. This is a green, green, 3-2 creature, uh, Avatar. He has Reach and Trample, and when he enters the battlefield with a... After the Resolute enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it, for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So, I think it's a very interesting card. I think, obviously, there isn't a deck that right now takes advantage of this, but I think it's very possible to imagine a world where you start playing two, two, uh, a two-drop that is much bigger than you're normally used to, and playing a two for a 3-2 Reach Trample is not that crazy so i mean that's already a good card yeah the thing is 
So there's two ways to look at this card. Um, worst one, case scenario. Well, yeah, worst case scenario, you're, cur- you're curving into it on turn two. So it's unlikely you're going to have anything that's going to beef it up from turn one. Uh, there's not you're not going to play something like modular creature or something like that. Right. It's, seems highly unlikely. I think there's a creature from this set maybe that does it, but you're not going to play that. So you play an evolved creature. I don't know what triggers first. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> so he's a 3-2 for two on turn two. Not the worst thing in the world. It gets bolted. It's fine. Trading two mana for one mana is not the worst resource yeah. trade in the world. It, it goes to bat with probably an early Tarmogoyf. Maybe their Goyf's a 3-4, but it's it might kill a Tarmogoyf, like a 2-3 Goyf. Make a Tarmogoyf, yeah. Um, later in the game, if your deck is built to support it, it's probably going to be like a 5-4. Right. It uh, also blocks Lingering Soul tokens all day because it has reach. Yeah, and it definitely fights with a chunk of the flyers in the format. I think one of the reasons I do like him is powerful things at two mana are the important thing to look at in this format. Yeah, As I, I mentioned, the like the reason Geist sees almost no play is because he costs three. And you, because, lo- and you love Geist, you bring it up constantly. Geist is the best, but he's not the best in modern because he's not a two drop. Yeah, the two drops are what actually matter because you even if you're not casting on turn two, the fact that. On turn five, you can cast it for turn two and leave mana open. Right. Is what's important. And he Avatar the Resolute lets you do that and can be a giant beater if he if he comes down correctly. With some evasion and the ability to block any type any type of dirtily lingering soul tokens or anything in the air. So my number ten is Thunderbreak Regent. And I know it's a weird choice. It's two red, two colorless for a four-four flying. Dragon. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, Thunderbreak Regent deals three damage to that player. The reason I like this card is that 4-4 four, for four, 4 is fine. It's a decent rate. 4-4 four, four, Flyer for 4 that doesn't have some stupid like drawback abilities, that's pretty solid. And in red, where you don't want to be playing 4-drops, like Mono Red doesn't want to play a 4-drop, but the fact that you have a 4-4 four, four Flyer that if they try to get it off the table, you're going to Lightning Bolt them is fantastic reach to play as like a 2-of. Like, I know that it doesn't have haste, but even if they path a thing, it's turning their path into a lightning bolt for you. So I guess I guess my question is, how much better is this than the stuff like Hellrider or the uh, Mythic from um, Mirrod and Besiege, the red one? The, it, yeah, yeah. The reason I think that this is better is because a card like Hellrider, any, any card that they, once they're at a low life total, can say, okay, this instant speed removal spell that I have in my hand, as soon as they play a creature, before Hellrider's attack trigger can even happen, they can path Hellrider. They True. can kill him. They can they can bolt him or so they can it's path it's him. the damaging pseudo hexproof kind of that lets you once you play it, they're stuck because if they kill it, they're yes. closer to the red zone. And yeah, that's no, it, I can I can see that being a consideration. It's the same thing as the the two mana uh Eidolon of the Great River. Right, right. It's right, the right. same kind of thing. Now the this obviously if had haste would be insane. That's what that's what would push this card way over right. the top. But uh, thank God it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is, like, it's it's a 4-4, four, four, so, like, you can't, it, it can't even I be mean, bolted. Actually, to be totally honest, one thing I do like about it is something that red decks have had problems with is that they can, the burn decks can lock themselves out with uh, Idol on the Great Rebel. Yeah. This you can cast without taking damage, and it just puts a huge clock on your opponent that they can't really deal. Then they're pretty much dead. It's a perfect curve topper for those decks. I do like it. In the mirror? Like, in the mirror against red? If you have this in your sideboard and you bring in, like, you bring a couple of these in, you get to that midpoint in the game where maybe you guys have both, like, run out of cards, you're trading resources, the game's not over. All of a sudden you play this, what are they going to do? Bolt it twice and take six? Right. There's not even a chance. They have no way of blocking it. They don't have any, like, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not that good, but I definitely am paying attention to it. 
Cool. All right. Well, I guess on the red plan, uh, my number nine is Commune with Lava. Okay, Commune yeah, with that. Lava is red, red, X. Uh, it's an instant, and then you exile the top X cards of your library until the end of the ne- your next turn, you may play those cards. <clears throat> so the reason I like this card is because, A, instant speed X spell draw spells have generally been very good in Magic's history. Yeah. Red has never had this effect available to them. So imagine in Burn, you at the end of your you leave your mana open at the end of your opponent's turn because you can that, that's the other side because it's instant you can do this at the end of your opponent's turn. Right. You cast it and you exile five mountains or five um, lightning bolts. This is assuming you have seven mana in a red deck. This is assuming you have seven mana, but even three isn't ridiculous. Sure. And you hit one or five. two burn spells or a burn spell on a creature. That's a lot of value because the red decks are going to be able to play everything. And then you go on the control deck or combo deck side. This is Splinter Twin after you've, like, traded resources. Yeah. This is the monocolor. Like, I can now find my combo that they kind of needed. This is the Sphinx's Rev. This is a kind of a Sphinx's Rev for them. And even in, like, blue-red Delver decks, same kind of deal. This kind of does a treasure cruise because this, this can give you the gas you need to keep going. This is my thing with this card. I had it on my list and I took it off my list because, one, uh, blue-red Delver doesn't want to exile the cards. It really wants to... It wants to draw them, or it wants to like have card selection and put them into its graveyard. Well, but once but, you cast them, you do put them in your graveyard. But the ones you don't cast? Right, but those don't exist ever. They weren't going to be in your graveyard or your hand in the first place. I, it, my opinion on this card is that... like, And Delaware doesn't need them to be in the graveyard as much. Now the only reason is Snapcaster Mage. It's not like yeah. before where Delve was your game. So getting stuff in your graveyard isn't as integral to what your plan is. More velocity is. I feel like this card more than likely is going to get played for... Four or five mana most of the time uh, in modern. Maybe a little more, maybe six mana, but it doesn't strike me as the... I mean, I understand your argument. I just don't see... I don't think decks are playing four of them. I think they're playing one as their catch-up, catch-all. Like, the red decks that have never had a way to really dig for answer or dig for the burn spells they need to kill that opponent. Because a lot of red players die with their opponent on three mana or three life and, and then just needing the a bolt. They can't draw the burn spell. This will instantly let them find that burn spell. Okay, so they, they have one turn to win. They top deck this, and they they play it for all but one mana, so like one of those burn spells is their card. I, I don't think that's... I mean, depending on when that is, if that's... But they most have, decks don't... If they it's have the five mirror, lands, yes, they play problem. it for four, they draw two and hope that one of them's a... I don't know. It just, it just, it just feels that's like it's That's better than drawing one on your next turn and dying. <laughs> it just feels expensive. But but I, I don't fault you for putting it on a list. Right. I, just, I don't just necessarily agree. I, I think okay. it could be good. What's your number nine? <laughs> uh, my number nine is Assault Formation. <laughs> it is a green card. It is one green, one colorless. It is an enchantment. Um, it states each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power for one green target creature with defender can attack this throne as it didn't have defender and for one green and two colorless creatures you control get plus zero plus one until end of turn it's another version of Doran Doran uh, the thing that I pay attention to with this card that I really really like redundancy Doran's yeah. already really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people have tried to play junk decks that are kind of Doran-ish. Anyway. I mean, Doran's seeing a lot of play right now because it's a 5-5 five, five for 3. Yeah. People are playing the 4-4 four, four for 3. Why is this not just better? Yeah. Doran's good. The one thing that I like about this card so much is they have printed for years an absurd number of Defender creatures that have, like, cool abilities or right. really big. And people have always tried to say, okay, is there some way to get synergy out of this to build a thing? Nobody's done it in modern. This is the first card where you can take some of these ridiculous... And it's not just defender creatures can attack. It's defender creatures are now Doran and can attack. 
That's crazy when you think about the size of some of these things. Right. I guess. I guess my. I definitely think it's powerful, and I, and, I, and there's also combos with it with uh, Mardu Charm or not Mardu Charm, Mardu Ascendancy. Okay. Uh, you can just straight up kill a person if you have the right creatures in play, because right. Mardu Char- uh, Ascendancy gives all of your creatures plus zero plus three. Oh. So if you get enough, if you curve out into it, like people were saying a while back that a turn four Mardu, like the curve would be turn one creature, turn two creature, um, turn sorry, turn one um, Noble Hierarch. Turn two, Doran. Yeah. Turn three, Mardu Ascendancy is a win. Really? Yeah, because you hit for if 18 damage, if I think. they can't block. Yeah, if they can't block. Or they don't kill one of your creatures. Fine. But this is uh, a redundancy for that deck specifically. Sure. And obviously, it's not going to be as resilient as the turn three kill. Right. But a turn two kill, a turn five kill in an aggro aggressive strategy that generally the junk deck is pretty good by itself. Yeah. Is not the worst thing on the planet. And you gain some value beyond that. It seems like there's the reason I like this card. I'm intrigued by it as a brewer because it's very unique, and there seems it's two cost two mana. Two right. mana is a, a, the right number if you want to take a chance on something in modern. If you want to try to cast something and, and right. then figure out your game plan after that. So it's interesting to me for that reason. Right. Um. Next card on my list is Radiant Purge. Obviously, I think this is just a sideboard card. What Radiant Purge does... Is this the Exile multicolor one? Yeah, it's uh, one white, one colorless, instant, exile target multicolored creature or multicolored permanent. <laughs> I mean, the there's the white colorless, uh, exile target black and red creature, uh, creature or uh, permanent. That sees a ton of play. There's way more gold creatures right now. We already mentioned that getting rid of Rhino is big game. This card is just entirely designed to just mess with Abzan. Like the, all, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. cards that come to mind are all Abzan cards. I mean, it's it's exact. It's a great sideboard card. It'll see play. There are a bunch of other like other than the Abzan matchups, the two different Abzan decks. There are other decks out there that play random, dirtily gold cards that you might want to worry about. Yeah, like. Uh, just guy ascendancy. If this Mardu ascendancy deck becomes a thing, yeah, like there are just cards out there that you know, hey, this is great value. And against one deck, it's the best card you pot, the best removal spell in the probably your whole deck. So, I definitely think it'll see play. I don't know, it's not going to be groundbreaking. Right. <laughs> it's not going to kill a matchup, but it'll definitely be you know another card in the white arsenal to help with another matchup. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, that's fair. Uh, my number nah, ten, eight is Dragon Lord Dramoka, which okay. is the green and white Elder Dragon. He is one green, one white, four colorless. He or she, not sure. One green, one white, four colorless for a five seven flying lifelink creature. Dragon Lord Dramoka cannot be countered. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Every you cast after this card is uncounterable until they kill him. Is essentially what it's saying, and it's super fatty and uncounterable itself so it's the kind of card that brian kibler loves because it's just (laughs) really big and fat and just it's not it doesn't die to like traditional counter spells and removal um i think this card is a card to keep an eye on i think right now it won't see a lot of play purely because i don't think counter magic is that good or the 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 cards that creature decks are worried about like green white creature decks is not counter spells they're not like worried about the counter spell game i think that could very well not be true in the future. I think Wizards is willing to test the boundaries on counterspells, as I'm going to talk about in a second. And this card could very much be a card that is more important to a matchup in the future. Could be, yeah. It's it's nice to know that this is not going to get remanded. That's the one. That's the one true. card true, true, true. that Modern see, sees a ton of play in Modern. That is like, right. le- I mean, leak 
is obviously a good card, but but remand is the one that like most decks, even if they're combo or tempo, can can justify. Right, and that's the nice thing is that you're not going to spend six and have this back in your hand. I guess uh, the thing I'm looking at is like Dragon Puncher, Bear Puncher from Tarkir, the yeah. con, the red, green, blue con. Yeah. Also had a similar creatures can't be countered ability. Right, right, right. And he's the same converted mana cost and has flash even seems, mm-hmm. and he doesn't see a lot of play. Obviously, uh, color constraints are an issue there. So I, I'm definitely not against this possibly seeing play in the future. I do think it's not the format. Lightning. Yeah, yeah, but Baneslayer doesn't see any play. True, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely see it's a possibility. Uh, next, number seven. Yep. Uh, I have for number seven, Living Lore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a cool card. It's Yeah, blue. Living Lore. So for those who don't know, is blue. It's three colors and a blue. For a creature avatar, XX, as Living Lore enters the battlefield, XR an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Living Lore's power and toughness are each equal to the exiled card's converted mana cost. When it does combat damage, you may sacrifice it. If you do, you may cast the exiled card without paying its converted mana cost. Cost four, you said? Cost four. So the, so the premise here is that you're going to exile a giant delve spell, right? No, not delve. Who cares about delve? I, I want to exile... Huge, uh, they have huge converted mana costs. Yeah, yeah, but I'd much rather exile... Um, cruel Ultimatum is the card. You want to exile Cruel Ultimatum no, with this not card? Not only do I want to exile it, Travis <laughs> Wu wants to exile it. So think about it. You get a 7-7, and if it does damage to a lingering soul token, it's combat damage. Not to a player, but to anything. You get to cast Cruel Ultimatum for free. You get to cast Cruel Ultimatum for free, or you have a 7-7 swinging in for four mana. It's You're sure it's just combat damage, not to a player? Yeah, I'm 100% positive. (laughs) Wow. So you can, can, on turn one, like in a weird, like, control-y deck, just like with Liliana even, discard Cruel Ultimatum in a Grixis control shell, cast this, and now you have a creature that they either have to kill with Path, or they have to take seven damage, or you get Cruel Ultimatum. Those are your three options. <laughs> and if they take seven, you still get Cruel Ultimatum. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Cruel Ultimatum twice. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It I, is Magic Christmas Land, but I think they're with some Delve spells even, if there are yeah, some yeah, easy yeah. ones. Like, there are other cards that are high converted mana cost that would be fun to cast. I, from from a design and flavor standpoint, adore this card. Oh, it's awesome. It's just, it, it's such a cool, like, It's whoever, also vaguely adorable, but. <laughs> whoever came up with the idea, allorable maybe, whoever came up with the idea, uh, like, looks, like, looks at this and is just, like. It's just so cool. Like it's yeah. the same way that I love Chronozoa so much. Yeah, yeah. With the flavor. And it the does feel. something so interesting and different. Even if it doesn't start seeing play immediately, I think it's a combo thing that you have to keep an eye out. Yeah. Because eventually, there's other like you can also the thing with Quality Manum is he'll die. You cast your cool Ultimatum, and you get him back from your graveyard to cast again. So awesome. So you can yeah. chain cool Ultimatums with him. It's really good. So I'm going to move on to my number seven. Yep. Uh, this one's a little bit of a reach. This might just be because I like cards like this so much, but Silumgar Sorcerer is my number – that is my number uh, seven. And that is a two-mana – or I'm sorry, a three-mana, two-blue, one-colorless, two-one flying creature. He's a human wizard. Uh, when he comes into play – he has Flash, by the way. When he comes into play, he has Exploit. So – if you exploit a creature when he comes into play, counter-target creature spell. So basically, it's a 2-1 flyer for 3 that if it comes into play and you sack a creature, you get to remove soul. Or so I'm going to stop. This is my number 5. Oh, <laughs> so I definitely have it on my list. Uh, I love this card. I mean, I'm a big fan of flash blue creatures that can counter things. Yeah. I think there is definitely a blue-white or blue-white uh, red or blue-white black flash yeah. deck that exists and has always existed. And this card... At worst, counters a spell by itself. It's a it's a three cost counter spell, but like it can also sacrifice any of the two drop creature that you might play. Or if you're playing 
the the format the version that has like wall of omens yeah imagine casting wall of omens on turn two and then using this sacking your wall of omens that's huge game yeah not to mention time. like a snapcaster mage you already used and is now outclassed by a tarmogoy for there's so many different value creatures i feel like the fact that it has flying is also huge huge i think it was just like a like on the ground like kind of mystic snake which doesn't see any play in modern it would yeah. be a problem but it's evasive it gets in there and, you know, it's a sack outlet. That's always something else to consider. And the fact that with Restoration Angel, you can double it up. Yeah. The, my one issue with this card, the only problem is that it's really bad against Lingering Souls. Um, that's the that's the huge problem is that you don't you, – right. you just don't want to have this in your deck. If but then you just – even if they have Lingering Souls, you just – it's a three-mana counter spell, a hard counter. No, no. It's creature, counter target, creature spell. Right, right, right. But the decks that are playing Lingering Souls, other than maybe black-white tokens, most of them have – Sea Dragon. You're saying to, to hold up. Yeah, you know, I get it. I like, just mean, worst case scenario, you still have a, like, it's not the best counter spell, but against Sea Dragon, you're still gaining parity on mana. It just dies to tokens, is the problem. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you, you sack itself. Yeah. You don't, you don't keep, you can sack itself. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. I didn't realize yeah, this would yeah. work like that. I you thought can it was just, another creature. You can exploit its, you can, like, that's why, like, even Narset, when you, or not Narset, um, Sadisi can sack herself. So at worst, she's a five mana demonic tutor. At That's best, she's so a, a five and a four six demonic tutor plus. <laughs> oh wow, I re- I didn't realize exploit worked. Yeah, for yeah. some reason I must have misread it. Uh, uh, like, there's a few cards. Like, even I misread Living Lore five times before. Like, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, this card's amazing." I'm like, oh, but you have to like do damage to them. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. No, no, no. You just have to do damage. Oh wow. Well, then, quite honestly, Sadisi might even be a little higher on my list for that reason. If it can, if it can right. just be, uh, if it's just a demonic tutor at worst, that's the worst thing. Is that five mana D tutor? Yeah. That's not. I mean, anyway, I anyway. played. Yeah. Silumgar Sorcerer is awesome. Uh, so what... so my number six, which we haven't gotten to yet, uh, Silumgar Scorn. Which is the dragon counter spell. It's blue, blue. As an additional cost to the Silmgar Scorn, you may reveal a dragon card from your hand. You can counter target spell unless this controller pays one, so days. Or if you reveal a dragon card and or control a dragon, you get counter spell regular. So days that cost two blue that it does not play for free Well, but at people all? hard cast days. That's <laughs> I, a thing. I know. It just and it counters anything. I it's not it. just yeah. – like there are other cards that – like people are talking about casting that one blue – this format in general is missing good counterspells. This is probably the closest I've seen to counterspell because there are possibilities that you would maybe even start playing dragons just to get the full counterspell out of this. No, I actually started to think like, okay, what's the what's the dragons deck, right? There's because there's like enough dragons that are playable. Plus, then you start to you start to add in okay, Chameleon Colossus is just a good card, so that card is out like there. Like a rug dragon deck. Is I can throw what Chameleon Colossus into yeah. the deck. It's just a value creature. And then you see there's the Dragon Land, right? The Haven, which, right? Which I was it's in my honorable mentions that I didn't include it. I mean, there, there's there's if you're if you're thinking like a red blue based dragon deck to start, and then yeah. you can maybe add another color. You have stuff like. Uh, Niv Mizzet. You yeah. have stuff. There, there have been dragons printed in the past that do things. Yeah. Not to mention, like, hey, let's bring back Dragon Storm. Yeah, Run ca- this in the deck is just like your one. You have the Haven. You have Haven, and you have Caverns. So right. you have like really good mana fixing. No, well, not to mention this with for three mana. This and uh, Mutavolt is counterspell. Yeah. No, so I, so I'm I'm with you. Like I, I think that there's a dragon thing. I, this this feels like a weak counterspell to me. I don't think you're going to see a devoted dragon deck that really wants to play enough dragons that this is a thing you can you can consistently get right. Off. But even like modern can be so much about curving out. Yeah. Just having this to counter their Tarmogoyf when they tap out for it on turn two is sure is like even though they like it's not great. The days effect is still powerful. People tap out in modern. That's fair. And you just 
Gotcha. <laughs> so we spoke about uh, we spoke about rending volley already. That is my number six. Which um, which card? Rending volley. One one red. Oh yeah. Four damage to a whiter, and it's uncounterable. That, that specific one. I mean, yeah. that specific one is obviously the most playable. I think you know the green can see some play because there's yeah. enchantments, whatever, and other ones. But I think the the red one is the one that. Yeah. This is an answer card, and not to mention red's very powerful right now. I yeah. think it's something that else we play. It's one. I mean, so so people say why not combust? And my argument is the, is the same one argument. Is, the same argument that you and I had about Stifle versus Trickbind. It's like Trickbind's better than Stifle, but it costs two, so it's not. And right. nobody plays Trickbind in modern in a format that every single deck plays Fetchlands. Right. So if nobody's doing that, it's a it's a then nobody's going to play Combust just because Combust has a good right. ability. I mean, this is better. Like whew, I've already said, this counting doesn't matter that much in modern. Yeah, remand is like remand. The conversation here is this is infinitely better than com- like not combust, but like one red mana. You yeah. scenario, you're playing two mana for it one against really mana good. leak. Only on turn, but turn, turn turn three is that an issue? And then fine, do they wasted a two cost counter spell against your one dirtily removal spell? It's what just, are they protecting? It's good. I mean, I, one one of the other things that I think is so good about it is because it's uncounterable. The the major card that I think it's so good against is Celestial Colonnade. I mean, yeah. it's it's good against Restoration Angel, obviously. Yeah, the and, blue. I mean, <laughs> the saddest part is blue, white, red is or blue, white decks in general aren't exactly seeing their time in the yeah. sun. So. How badly did they need another hate card that's just going to be thrown at them? Beyond that, this card definitely answers pretty much every card out of their deck. That's it's such a blowout. Like yeah. it's such a blowout. Which might be fair because it's possible that some of the cards we're talking about, like Silmgar's uh, Sorcerer, give that deck a little bit more of like just a chance. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, what do you got next? Um, well, mine was if we're at number five, mine was Silmgar's Sorcerer. We just okay. talked about it. Yep. So you're number. So my number five is it's a combo. It's uh, the two one drop red cards. So it's Lightning Berserker slash Zergo Bell Striker, and uh, one of them is a two two creature for one red mana that uh, can. Let's just read the text so I don't screw it up. Uh, Zergo Bell Striker Zergo. one red two two orc warrior legendary creature. Zergo Bell Striker can't block creatures with power two or greater. He's legendary. I just realized that he's a waste of time. Let's skip that one and do Lightning Berserker instead. Oh no, I, I think we can talk about him. I mean. He's fine if you play like one or the two. Dash, of them. The dash, yeah, I don't think you'd play more. I think Goblin Guide is still just better, and I think you play yeah. M- Monastery, whatever Swift over there, anyways. Swift Spear, anyways. But the fact that you can like the two mana for two haste creature that you can just like get yeah. in there with him is not the worst card. Well, that's and that was my and that's the same reason that I have Lightning Berserker. So b- both of them are interesting because Red Lightning Dex- Berserker is the fire breathing version of him. Yeah. That's a one one, but fire breathes. I think he. Has a higher chance than he the other one to see play in modern. Me too, and yeah. li- I think Lightning Berserker is. If you think about why fire breathing is bad, uh, it's because players know you have it, so they can prepare for it. And right, they can hold up removal. Lightning Berserker is awesome because if that deck has four or five lands, you draw this card mid game. Well, I mean, arguably it's a reusable fireball. Yeah, it's really it's good. Like, <laughs> every turn, like you can cast a fireball again. I mean, it, it it's. Weakness is that they can block it, but then you're casting a fireball on their creature. Yeah, and it's it represents uh it goes it cuts through stuff like Rhino way better than anything else the red deck is playing. I mean I definitely think it's playable. Yeah. So so they're both interesting. It's it's cool to see wizards pushing uh mono red in this day and age as just just from design standpoint, like there's no there's no reason for them to because it's kind of a stupid not stupid, but it's a it's kind of a uh a brutish strategy to play with. Right. Just like damage, damage, damage. You know, it's just you poop your hand out on the table. But it's nice that they haven't like abandoned that and, and yeah. try to get too complex with it. 
Uh, one last thing on Silumgar Sorcerer, since we're still at number five, and that is my number five. Uh, that is the counter spell on a creature that exploits. Uh, also great in Delver. We didn't mention that. Yeah, you can sack the tokens exactly. from what's Blue his face from Pyromancer. Just Pyromancer. So that's just super value. All right, moving on. Number four. Uh, mine, and you mentioned this in the last podcast, and I like completely poo pooed on you. Spellsky? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, and I like have learned my lesson over the time. Anna Fenza, the Kintree Spirit. So what I didn't realize is that she goes infinite with Kitchen Finks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Two card combo? Yep. No. Yep. Kitchen Finks, infinite life. So. She comes in. You then play Kitchen Finks. Use whatever sack alley you have to kill. Uh, get oh, rid with of, a sack alley. With a, oh yeah, okay. like she she does a Maleria. Sure, sure. Uh, but she's like Maleria. That's good always. Yeah, I'd much rather have Anza, Anafenza in play. Sure. Like, Maleria was always like I have to hold on to this and pod until yeah, yeah, yeah. I like can win with it. Because right. other than in the one matchup, which is relevant, but other than in fact, yeah, it did nothing. It's like dirtily creature that like gets outclassed by everything. At least sure. Anafenza, every creature I play gains me. A bigger creature, period, and just for funsies, with thinks with thinks in any sack outlet. I'm just... That's really interesting because I, I had had I had it on my list, my initial list, yeah, and I and I popped it off because when I thought about it more and more, I was sort of like, okay, well, because oh, I... no, if if it didn't go infinite with kitchen thinks, yeah. it would be nowhere near my list. But Malira is a bad creature, <laughs> yeah, that saw is probably one of the most played creatures in modern history, purely off the fact that when you add it to kitchen thinks or yeah. um. Murder Shred Cap, you kill them or you have infinite life. Right. So, like, and this is a card that would probably see better play in the decks that we're talking about now. This almost fits better into the modern version of Pod, right. which is the Wiltleaf Leaves decks, because those decks are much more just playing value creatures and she does a lot of valuable things. So, what I was thinking about this card, and we talked about this on the Fate Reforger spoiler, um, but I do think that there is this sort of deck that I, I have in mind of. One mana, two one creatures in white. Uh, there's a lot of them that exist. Like a, the, right now, Warriors is being really pushed to yeah. possibly pull this off. They really want to push this. And, and I think the reason it's so good is because, obviously, you know, being aggressive against a format that can win on turn three or four is very good. This card makes your two one creatures... Into any, three twos, into bigger... Three two for one is very, very good at any point right. in the game. Just from, from a mana, mana efficiency yep. standpoint. And... The problem with this card in that strategy is that it's legendary, so you don't want to pack your deck with a full four of to curve into. You just don't want to be drawing multiples. Um, that's why that version, I don't think it's going to be that strong. Right. But I do think the Kitchen Thinks, Thinks thing is really interesting. It pushes it over the top, so that's uh, that's that's really interesting. Bam. Mind blown. All right. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, my number four is Ojatai's Command. The blue oh, did we? Command. Sorry. Did we even read what Anafenza does? So for people out there that don't know what we're <laughs> talking about, it's a white, white, 2-2 legend yep. that whenever a non-token creature comes in a way, you bolster one. Right, and I believe it has... No, that's what it is. It's a spirit soldier. It's a 2-2 two, two for two. Yeah. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, bolster one. Yep. So that's that's what we were talking about. So yeah. So oh. infinite with Kitchen Finks because Kitchen Finks dies, comes back as a 2-1. It has a toughness of one, so it's automatically the lowest toughness. It puts a plus one, plus one counter on it because of bolster. You can then sack it again. Infinite life. Or with Murderous Red Cap, infinite damage. 
So my number four is Ojitai's command. It okay. is the blue-white command. So blue-white, two colorless for an instant. Choose two. Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. You gain four life. Counter target creature spell or draw a card. Now, you mentioned why wouldn't you just play Cryptic Command? Yeah, why wouldn't you just it's, play Cryptic Command? It's a relevant, <laughs> it's a relevant concern. Uh, number one is that Lingering Souls is one of the best cards in Modern. So if you want to start from the standpoint of playing Lingering Souls, that means you're start you're starting with black-white and then having to support triple-blue, which is possible, but a little bit less desirable. This is Modern. Um, mana is easy. I have yeah. lands. <laughs> um, number two, I don't necessarily know that you want just those, just the Cryptic Command abilities. You might want to have a split. Like, this is this card's very good. Uh, there's also, the one thing about this card that I think is really interesting is the Recursion ability. Because... There's there's an element to that that doesn't get talked about a lot. I always pay attention to this. Anytime that they ever print a card that says return target creature card with converted mana cost two or three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, because you got to remember there's a bunch of weird cards that you can't traditionally cast from your hand that you have to get into play in other ways. Cards like Mere Superior or Talara's Battalion, cards that like people don't, <laughs> yeah. cards that people don't pay a lot of attention to. That at any point in time, if the right sort of deck comes up, it's like oh wow. That's yeah, getting five really, sixes for free is a big game. That's really really good, especially since this is a choose two card at instant speed. You can be you can be doing things like, okay, end of turn on turn three, I thirst for knowledge, discarding my mirror superior so that I can keep two of those cards, and then on turn four, I ojitize command, draw a card, and get a five six into play. That's what I just yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, can, I can, I can, I sympathize. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's like insane, but I think that anytime there's versatility at instant speed that has the ability for one of those things to draw right. a card. I mean, I don't think any playable charm and or command has seen play in modern at least once. This lets you for format at instant speed draw a card and do something else. That is alone in itself worth talking about, and I guarantee this will see you play. Okay, fair enough. You've won me over a little bit. I'm I'm willing to not <laughs> yell at you for putting in a deck. <laughs> Mere superior is the answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three is Myth Realized. Myth Realized is the one white for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a lore counter on Myth Realized. You can then pay two colors and one white to put additional lore counters on the enchantment. Yeah. And then for one white, until end of turn, Myth Realized becomes a monk avatar creature in addition to its other types, and gains this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lore counters on it. This is my number two. Your number two? Okay, yeah. so let's talk about it. So I think you, I mean, like, we've talked about this blue-white deck or blue-white-red decks or yeah. Delver decks. You pl play this on turn one, it just sits there and accrues value forever until you play the game of let's trade resources this whole time, and I'm going to draw cards and try and get you out of your resources before I do. And, oh, for one mana, I have a 7-7 seven, seven that I can cast at any point, or a 12-12. Twelve, twelve. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very powerful uh, from a control standpoint, which Modern doesn't really have in spades. Uh, there's no card like this that exists right now that you can play in Modern in that slot. Right. Which is very interesting. And it's... Uh, but I, the question is, in Modern, what is mo those control decks missing? I don't know if it's a cheap, efficient threat, but I do think White has currently been... Because it's... Two drop superpower, two drop is missing. That being Stoneforge Mystic, right? This kind of can maybe do a version of that of a low efficient threat that will gain you value over time. We've tried Soulfire Grandmaster in the version we've tested. Yeah, I mean, and it's okay, but it's not yeah. this. I feel like is much power, more powerful than even Soulfire. Yeah, Mithrilize is really good. The other thing about this card that I think is really interesting, and I don't know that this is quite the right way to use it, but I like the idea of it in some sort of a tempo deck. Um, I think yeah. it's it's a it's a it's really... kind of a Delverish card. It feels a lot like 
yeah. Delver. <laughs> the, obviously, the problem is that you have to spend mana to activate it every turn, as well as the fact that. But after it turn three, Delver doesn't need mana anymore. Right, right. But it, I was going to say, and it also doesn't have evasion. So, like, fr- Ooh, from right. a standpoint of you have to leave your mana open, I, I don't know. It's it's. I think it's better in control. I do think there's pr- there is probably a tempo deck, and what's nice about it is that because it's white, it's not the classic. You're just starting with blue. Right. You can start with white, and then you can go. You can build from there. It also fights things pretty like. Eventually, this is going to pretty and pretty quickly. Not even eventually, this is going to get bigger than Siege Rhino and Tarmogoyf. Yeah, no problem. The problem. Tassigers yeah. even and like, yes, they could kill it when you tap white one white mana and make it a creature. But you spent one mana. They spent one mana at worst. And at best, they spent like dismember mana to try and kill it or whatever. If it's that small, I mean, I think you definitely have a lot of value there. It still dies to abrupt decay, and as soon as it gets yeah, activated, it dies true. to that's true. path exile. Um, so moving on to my number three, okay, collected company. Um, collected company is super awesome. It's one green <laughs> and three colorless for an instant speed rare. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up. Put up to two creature cards with converted mana cost three or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. The reason I like this card so much, so obviously it's it's pod. It's like a version of pod. Like right. It, it's that deck where you're playing a bunch of value creatures that cost two and three mana, and at end of turn you can just you know fill your board up. That's fine. The thing I like about this card so much, though, is that I love flash-based decks that right. have efficient flying creatures. And this, to me, is the perfect kind of card in a deck like that where you've held open counter spells. Maybe maybe it's like a rug deck or you're burning them out or something. And you well, there was this... that rug deck that played Cryptic Command, Snapcaster Mage, and um, what's it? Uh, Eternal Witness. Oh, Eternal Command. Eternal Command that this kind of does fit in because you can find the creatures you need. I don't know how many creatures it played to really pull that off, but yeah, if it's you, playing, it does do something similar to that. You would have to be sort of in a little bit more of like an aggressive creature build, right. but the fact that like you're talking about Vendillion clicks, yeah. possibly Eternal Witnesses, but that's... Pre- I, I actually love this card in the previously mentioned Anafenza uh, Kitchen Combo? Finks yeah. deck. I think you might just get your combo and <laughs> of turn just win. Yeah, just like boop. Uh, <laughs> GG. One card I win combos is something always to look at, and that deck theoretically can put that across. I'm sort of liking this in the old, <clears throat> the old classic um, uh, Grand Architect Peely Paula deck we always talk about. Just kidding. <laughs> though it though it does get both halves. It of the does combo. get both halves of the combo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbing my look forehead. Look at Alex's face. <laughs> um, I think this card's really cool. I, I like it in a pretty much just like a straight tempo-y flash deck. Um, that's, right. That's where I think it's best. But, it, it you know, it's good with, with value creatures and yep. things. Okay, um, number two. You yeah. already did yours. Yours was Myth Realized. Any, yep. any last-minute comments on Myth Realized? No, no, I'm good. Okay, uh, my number two uh, is Anticipate. What? It is the blue colorless. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I think... The reason this is my number two is I think this is probably the safest bet of the cards we mentioned so far to see play. I think it just immediately sees play in both twin, in some twin lists, and for sure every scapeshift list out there, period. Here's my argument against Anticipate. If you were to put Telling Time and Anticipate up next to each other. Anticipate's better. Well, this is what you would say. You would say, in, a, in some cases, Anticipate is better, and in other cases, Telling Time is better. But arguing, arguing that point, like on a distinct like 80-20 level is nearly impossible. They're basically situationally very similar cards and nobody no, I plays think, I think Anticipate time. is almost always better. Why? I mean, yes, there's going to be the freak times where you're like, oh, I need both of these cards, but Scapeshift more often than not just needs one card. It either needs a land or it needs a Scapeshift. 
what's the difference between no because then, then the fourth card that you haven't seen yet in either scenario is unknown information which is just as valuable or invaluable as one of those yeah two. but what if you're what if it's two lands three lands then you're stuck with the bad land on top I mean yes obviously sometimes sometimes telling time will screw you but sometimes telling time you'll see three cards you want you'll get two of them I mean tell I just don't think anticipate no no, no. this is the blue spell that this deck needed <laughs> no yes I don't think that you're right at all. I've been playing the deck. It needs the dig, and Telling Time doesn't cut the snuff. I think that if this they is had, better because I need to dig deeper and more often. If they had reprinted Impulse, I'd be totally on board. I'd be completely on board. <laughs> but I, I just think that this card, it's not that much better than Telling Time. It's like percentage points. Right, better but than Telling Time was almost good enough. This so that percentage points good enough is all that deck needed to be back the, the makeup for the dig through time that it lost. Get, let's think of an example of a, t- a situation where they've printed a card that is about as good as a previous version, but just a little different. Like, that happens sometimes. It, you see it in almost every set. There'll be some variation on an older card that that older card kind of saw play. When the new one gets printed, it's never like it skyrockets in importance and everyone plays the new one. No, but if you if an effect that was maybe playable before gets a card that's printed that's playable... That's when it skyrockets. That's when you see a change. Because, like, being not good enough and now being good enough is all that matters. There is a line. There is a very, very, very definitive line between playable and not playable. And if a card becomes or barely good enough and good enough. And good enough is important. I'm not saying this is the most powerful card on this list if it's good. But I'm saying this is good at what it's trying to do automatically and will be slided into decks tomorrow. Or is tomorrow the pre-release? Or Monday? Maybe. I, I'm not sold. I, you might be right. It feels underpowered. It feels uh, fine. I, I like looking at things end of turn and, and getting value and all that. But if your deck is full of good cards that you want, if that's what your deck is full of in Modern, which it is, every card in Modern that you play has to be good, then there's no there's no reason that you can convince me that his anticipate is eons better than Telling Time, and Telling Time just doesn't see play. Now, I love Telling Time. I mean, Telling Time does see play. For the record, I like Telling Time a lot. It I does just, see play. Barely. I mean, and there's one deck that plays it, but it plays four of them. Which one? Scape Shift? <laughs> yeah. So this will just replace it? Yeah. Because Telling Time is too weak. Uh, <laughs> this <fine>. is better. <laughs> all right, know. fine. So DC is my number two, because uh, I like to value chain and offenses into Kitchen Finks. Um, okay, my number one is an artifact. It costs two. It uh, redirects. <laughs> All right. My number one is not Spellskite. <laughs> it's, uh, and I'm cheating here, but it's all three of the three converted mana cost or less commands. I have the same number one. The exact same, exact number, same one. number one. Right. I mean, these guys are all versatile. If we want to go through each one, the, the green-white one is called is Dramaka's command it uh you choose to prevent all damage to target I- target instant or sorcery spell causes so counter target lightning bolt <laughs> target player sacrifices enchantment um which is probably maybe the weakest Sac- in modern but still twin. decent uh but yeah get rid of twin there are many uses put a plus one plus one counter on target creature make your tarmogoyf bigger than their rhino <laughs> or vice versa yeah. uh or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control my rhino beats up your any creature i don't care yeah, I mean, honestly, like there, there are a com- any any number of combinations of uses on this card that really make sense in modern. I mean, you can look. Well, this goes right into Absolutely. the real question: is how much better is this than abrupt decay? And I think you don't play all four of these, but I think you can play two of these and four abrupt decays and be pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, things like okay, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature and target creature you control fights target creature you don't control means I make my rhino bigger and now it fights your rhino right. and your rhino's dead. And mind you, that card wouldn't be playable. 
But the fact that you can also choose to kill their enchantment out of Splinter Twin or Jeskai Ascendancy or Counter Target Lightning Bolt yeah. does a lot. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it, it's very good. That's the point of commands is they're not all necessarily so powerful, but they work well together. I mean, instant speed cards that cost two and have multiple 18 uses. 18 ability. Histo- I think it's total of six abilities is actually what it has. I think if you like put co- all the them. different combinations, it has yeah. six. The commands generally have six abilities. Yeah, Dromoka's command is, is really, really good. So the next one is a Tarka's command, which is the green-red one. It's one green, one red instant. Choose two. Your opponents can't gain life this turn, so that's... Your Lightning Helix doesn't work. Your Kitchen Finx is irrelevant. Uh, it does your... a lot of work. Your Rhino doesn't gain you life. Yeah. Burn decks play Skullcrack already, and this is a better version for that reason. Yep. Target Tarka's Command deals three damage to each opponent, so it truly is Skullcrack. Right. It can just be like a Skullcrack for one less damage. Yep. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, which I think is kind of an underrated ability on this card, um, especially in the aforementioned sort of Flash-style decks that we're talking about. Right. Uh, just to be able to get end of turn, three damage to them, and explore, and then the next turn you're up to four mana already. Right. When modern is so crucial also, in turns three and four, right. it's very valuable. Yeah. Oh, and I think I think and there the, are the two fun- decks that want this card. It's burn decks because of the like yeah. worse worse skull crack yep. thing that it can do, and but more importantly, zoo decks. I think zoo decks also are kind of weak to the same stuff. They're weak to life gain. Yeah. But skull crack is kind of just like a. Not it a doesn't really card, do as much. Yeah. The fact that this may put an extra land on the battlefield means you can play this. And ramp into maybe some of the more mid-rangey zoo cards that yeah. do exist in the deck. And then follow that up with, or instead, do the creatures you control get big? Yeah, we didn't mention the ability. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain reach until end of turn. Which can do two things. A, it can just get your whole team in there. Or B, just screw over a person's lingering souls, which are both great, yeah. well, great things. And also, like, I, I've been talking about this forever, but like... I am of the belief that when you start to deal with like lingering souls and to and, and if you have a spell that you really want to play that costs two other colors, just say screw it and just play a five color deck and just see what happens. Because <laughs> like in the case of this card, okay, you attack with your lingering souls team. I'll play this, burn you for three, make all my souls two twos, and block all right. yours. Like, well, I mean, the, that's another question: is putting it into Jund, just yeah, like Jund. Like the the interesting thing about the red green cards is that like it definitely can gain you a lot of value there. Because worst case scenario. Say Blood Braid Elf comes back and I'm cascading my right. dream world that oh my has God. to happen. Cascading into this. Uh, <laughs> well, you just you do three damage to their opponent and you play a land, or three damage and your hasted Blood Braid Elf is a four. It's four like when it used to cascade into Blightning in right. the standard. Um, and speaking of Blightning, <laughs> Colagon's command. Colagon's command. Now, a lot of people think this may be the weakest one of these three, partly because it's three mana, but I disagree with them because I think it gets you the most two for ones out of any of the different options. I think it's so good. I think the the thing you have to think of is return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. When it works, will be a card draw spell. Yep. You're drawing a card. So this this is of the cheap ones, the only one that can draw you a card as long as you put work into it. Yep. Generally, though, if you're playing black, you're playing Liliana, I'm not really worried about yeah, you're you drawing the cards. Yeah. Um, target player discards a card, obviously just decent. I mean, it does a half lightning if you wanted to, of target player discarding a card and doing two damage to them. But what it does better is I'd much rather make a player discard a card and kill a creature they have on the board. Yeah. And a destroy target artifact. Yeah, completely that's, relevant. That's totally relevant. Yeah, affinity is a deck. This two for one's affinity. Yeah, which is huge, huge game. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean three mana, and that's and that's base level. Like you can, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely think this is a very good card. Yeah, does everything you want it to be. There's all a- three of these, all three of these. I mean, like that's kind of the big nod for modern are these three cards. 
Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, you. They like they first stand to realize, okay, we can't play cryptic command blue level power ones. We already gave blue the most powerful command. Let's split that into two. Give them the abilities from black and yeah. blue and black and white. Great. And then let's give the other three colors combinations just like awesome great cards and that's what we got on the play you get to on the play if you haven't already stripped it out of their hand you get to blow up their amulet and make them discard one of their resources which is important against them because often their hand is a perfect combo of what they need so yeah i I think this card's good Uh, i mean like if you think about it what matchup does the red black one fail you in i don't think there's a single matchup that fails you in uh, that's, and then, that's the point of commands, yeah. though. They have, they have. You get two right. abilities. And I, they... I can say that about all three. Yeah. Really, I mean, like maybe. Nope, all three. Because yeah. the other two have my creature gets bigger. So at the very worst, your creature gets bigger. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like a semi value. They're all really good. I yep. cannot wait to play with these things at pre-release this weekend. Oh yeah. So as always, you know that was our top ten list. If you guys think we're crazy, if you think anticipate is no way good enough, or you think Ben's an it's idiot <laughs> and it's like the best card in the set, let me know. Uh, our Twitter is at the MM Cast. Uh, interesting enough, I'm currently in a race. Me personally, at Cast Wiley, with our Twitter account for most followers. Really? Like we're like we've been like jumping three up each time, like every oh, day. It's, that's lovely. It's about so follow me instead at at Cast Wiley because I have to win at everything. Ben, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, the question of this week, and please send it to us on Twitter, and uh, we're gonna I'm going to try getting better at shouting out the people's answers on the next following episode. Yeah. Uh, the question of this week is, what's your favorite card out of the new set for anything? And tell us why. Um, last but not least, uh, you know, make sure to rate us on iTunes. Yep. We uh, The more people that rate us on iTunes, the more people listen to us, the more willing we're going to be able to keep making this stuff. So the, be- the better, the better, the better. Uh, and lastly, we have a sister podcast. It's called The Command Zone. They also live on rocketjump.com. They do cool commander content. Anything else about about they? About Jimmy and Josh? Yeah. <laughs> They're good dudes. They make great content. Uh, and last but not least, we want to say goodbye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>